0: The Dying of the Light, from Flashbangs and Frag Grenades, by Kalchaxis, read by Sam Gabriel, based on League of Legends by Riot Games. Chapter Two. The street around her was filled with the quiet murmur of conversation, but Caitlin wasn't hearing any of it as she knelt by the tarped body that had been pulled out of the doorway of his family home and left on the side of the road for a mortuary service to collect. He would be waiting a long time. With the disaster at Spire 14, most of the emergency services of Piltover had been rallied and collected there, along with the lion's share of the city's enforcers. They needed every hand available to save as many as possible. They wouldn't save everyone, though— the simple fact was that by the end of the day, Spire 14 would fall, and it would fall on Piltover. The only reason Caitlin and her small chandra had made it here was because of the reports of Jinx, proving beyond a shadow of a doubt that she had survived Camille's machinations, and that Piltover had suffered for it, just as Vi had predicted. I'm sorry, Caitlin murmured. The boy couldn't hear her, no one could, but she felt the urge to say it all the same. She had been the one who had pinned that copper enforcer badge on his chest no less than a month ago. He'd only been on a handful of beat patrols since. Poor kid wasn't even out of his training probation. Caitlin looked up at Vi, who was standing behind her, a cup of coffee in either hand. She held one out to Caitlin, who took it more out of habit and to have something to hold than from any desire to drink it. She would, though. She needed the caffeine. Sighing, she stood and nodded before taking a sip of her coffee. It was bitter and burnt, and she barely tasted it. Yes, this means Cam's big plot went tits up, huh? Vi continued as she sipped at her own coffee. For once, Vi didn't sound angry. She just sounded tired. It took a lot to douse the flames of her wife's collar. But today, there was just too much tragedy for there to be any room for anger and that all could have been prevented. She'll live, and everything will probably taste like peanut butter for a while, Fy replied. Caitlin shook her head. Why is it always peanut butter? Dunno, but I haven't been able to look at a PB&J the same way in a long while, Cupcake. A bitter snort left her. It was the grimmest sort of humor, the kind where you laughed because the only other thing that you could possibly do was start screaming. And Caitlin was genuinely worried that, if she started, that she might not stop for a long time. Personally, I can't stand the stuff. Caitlin looked past Vi to find the brightly armored and luminous form of Luxana Crown Guard approaching them, her light muted somewhat by the dark cloak of leather around her shoulders. The easy smile she normally wore was also muted and weighted with grief but a shadow of it was still there, and Caitlin took a little comfort in that. I spoke to the family, Lux continued. They say that Jinx attacked the Arctura shop in the wee hours, broke the whole block up, but ignored everything and everyone else, right up until poor Mr. Marlin there. She jetched at the topped body, unwisely decided to take a pot shot at her. Vi clicked her tongue. Damned idiot, she muttered. Jinx has been dodging in forces since she was six. Marvel's a good shot, but no one's that good of a shot except maybe Cupcake. And even I'm not stupid enough to try to hit Jinx at that range when she can see me, Caitlin continued. Her reflexes are like nothing you can imagine. Agree to disagree, Lux replied with a faint smile. Caitlin chuckled despite herself. Sometimes she forgot that, despite her princessly appearance and gentle demeanor, Lux was a trained and trusted operative of her nation. She had more years of practical experience under her belt than Caitlin, despite being several years younger. They say anything else? I asked. Anything useful? Lux nodded, then gestured for them to move away. She led them to a less populous part of the street and leaned against the wall of a bullet-riddled homestead as Caitlyn and Vi settled in next to her. The little sisters saw everything, Lux said. Vi winced and swore, and Caitlyn reached out to take her hand. Vi closed her fingers tight around Caitlyn's, and she could feel the raw tension in Vi's body. That was a fact that had hit a bit too close to home. What did she see? Caitlin asked, turning back to Lux. Lux's gaze lingered apologetically on Vi before she turns to Caitlin. Jinx wasn't here to kill Seraphine. She was interrogating her. She wanted Sarah's parents. According to the girl, Jinx claimed that they tried to kill her wife, and then threatened to shoot up the block. Sarah, being the good person she is, capitulated, and said one word before being knocked unconscious. "'What was it?' Caitlin asked. "'For a moment, Lux didn't answer. "'Her normally beatific features had lined with something like righteous anger. "'I'm not sure I should share that with you, "'considering how very little you've deigned to share with me despite our compact,' Lux said. "'Caitlin bit her lip, then blew out a hard breath as she let go of Vi's hand "'and took a quick look around,' then turns to her wife, leaned in, and whispered, Go high and keep an eye out. We can't risk her hearing this. Give me the signal if it's clear. Nodding stiffly, Vi took a few steps back, drained her coffee, then tossed the cup before sheathing her fists in her new atlas gauntlets, engaged them, and launched herself up to the rooftops of the thoroughfare. They waited in silence, and Caitlin tried not to let the twist in her gut show on her face at the disappointment in Lux's eyes. She was angry, and rightfully so. They had promised to share intelligence, and Caitlin had not lived up to that promise, while Lux had been nothing but forthcoming. Her actions had cut out years of corruption from the heart of Piltover, and for what? A soft gull whistle came from above, and Caitlin relaxed. I'm sorry. Truly, I am. But I swear to you that I haven't been keeping you in the dark this past month by choice, Caitlin said. Then explain, Lux replied, crossing her arms over her chest, because right now my report to the Radiant is not what you would call flattering. Caitlin nodded. It began with the incident at Dam Sextus," she said. As I'm sure you're aware, there were Private intelligence contractors within Piltover, the best of which are retained by the Council. But they aren't what you would call concerned with the common good. I wouldn't be much of a spy if I didn't know that, Lux replied dryly. And that got another quiet huff of laughter as Caitlin gave another weary nod. A few days after the incident, I met with Councillor Talis and Councillor Medarda, the survivors of the bombing, Lux said quietly. The same. Caitlin confirmed. I told them what I would learned from a contact of mine in the Undercity. Zaun? "'Hm?' It's not Piltover's Undercity, Lux said. It's Zaun. It's important to remember that. The way we talk affects how we think. So if you always think of Zaun as the Undercity, then you risk forgetting that it is its own culture, its own people, and its own language. I fail to see the point, Caitlin said quietly. The look in Lux's eyes grew strange and hard, and a shadow of something that Caitlin couldn't quite place crossed her features as she said, "'You have to know your enemy, Sheriff Kiriman. "'Otherwise you'll never see them coming.' Caitlin licked her lips nervously, then nodded. "'I'll remember that. "'Anyway, my contact revealed some details about Jinx "'and the attack that we were unaware of. "'Jinx's wife?' And the logic behind the attack, yes, Caitlin admitted. What does this have to do with my getting, as my brother's soldiers like to put it, the mushroom treatment? The chief intelligencer of the council has kept us busy, Caitlin said bitterly. And with strict orders not to, she put her fingers to her temples, reveal the sensitive nature of internal Piltovan matters to any outside agencies. Just the memory of that particular meeting got Caitlin's blood boiling. Less than a day after the council debriefing, she and Vi had been called into an inquiry regarding information security, and it had taken her less than a minute to realize the council was just politely informing her that she was being hamstrung and shoved in a dark box while the adults cleaned things up which of course led to them cocking the entire matter up as hard as they possibly could have, because what else could she have expected from a gaggle of blinkered oligarchs with more money than sense? But it had been ironclad. It was made clear, and in no uncertain terms, that Camilla and her agents were going to be keeping an eye on them. "'I was the one who pushed for your presence in Piltover,' Caitlin continued. "'Many of the council disagreed,' They felt we could handle the corruption in our city ourselves, despite the vast evidence to the contrary. And they have never made a secret of what they think of my wife. Lux's posture softened, and she sighed. I understand, believe me, and trust me when I say that the politics of my own nation are no better than yours. The great irony is that I did this to myself, Catwood admitted. How so? After the attack on the First Council— I submitted several proposals for reforming the Enforcers, and part of that was a series of checks and balances to ensure that the rampant corruption of my predecessor, Marcus Gleamspire, could never be repeated. Lux made a quiet, ah sound. Not only did they hamstring you, they did it with your knife. So it would seem, Cailin said witheringly, and we've been under almost constant surveillance ever since and given the most token of make-work to keep us busy as if we were the problem, while the Chief Intelligencer played her little game of chess. Why? Lux asked. Caitlin grimaced, then said, Violet and I may have expressed our disagreement with the plan, which was almost comically cruel by any standard. Then I guess, Lux started They intended to kill Jinx's wife and pin it on Zahn. How did you— Oh, please, it's the oldest trick in the provocateur's book, Sheriff, Lux said. And that is because it tends to work extremely well, because when people are angry and hurt, they don't think. And I know that because I've done it myself more times than you'd be comfortable knowing, and no, I'm not proud of that. More and more, Caitlin was forced to acknowledge just how much of a threat the young woman before her was— Damasia had a reputation for being a place of tradition and martial excellence, an almost storybook kingdom of knights and valor and chivalry. But Lux was the proof that such things were just that, the products of storybook tales. Lux, for all her pedigree and nobility, and for all the kindness that Caitlin knew was inside of her, represented the deep shadows that such a bright light could cast. How she could manage such a positive outlook on life, Caitlin had no idea. That, perhaps, was the true strength of a Demacian, because Caitlin couldn't imagine being able to divorce herself from the needs of her duties, and it dragged her into the muck more often than not. Lux, on the other hand, always seemed above it. She was the Princess Knight, doing what was necessary and bearing that burden with dignity and grace, and, most of all, never losing her soul to it. "'Well, you're right,' Caitlin said quietly. "'I'm not certain of the details. "'I know only that Jinx wasn't the target, "'and that Zon would have suffered immeasurably "'if the plan had worked.' "'And so they suspected that you'd warn her,' "'Lux completed the thought. "'Or rather that Vi would warn her sister.' "'Yes,' Caitlin replied solemnly. "'What do you have? "'Either of you?' That was the question, wasn't it? Would she have warned Jinx of all people that Camille was intending to rain hell upon her? Would she have betrayed her oath of office and her loyalty to the council? I would have, even if I didn't. But not for the reasons you think, Caitlin said. I would have warned Jinx because the alternative is what you see before you. Not much faith in your chief intelligencer, hmm? Lux asked with a wry grin. It's not that, Caitlin said. She's a formidable woman, but she is not omniscient. And I know that she was underestimating, Jinx. How does it feel to be in the right? Not good, Caitlin replied. Lux nodded, then put a hand on Caitlin's shoulder. You're a good person, Sheriff, and... I hope we can resolve this without any more death. But I need you to trust me, because nobody can afford for Piltover and Zahn to go to war. Caitlin sighed, then nodded. Her name is Camille Ferris, she said quietly. She's been operating in Piltover's Shadows for decades, and it was her plan I objected to, and I suspect her plan to put the Arcturus in Jinx's firing line if it failed. Because Seraphine sided with Zorn in the League, Lux said quietly as her hand dropped away. Yes, Catelyn replied. I suspect it was a practical requirement as much as a subtle punishment for their daughter turning her back on the city. What a vile woman, Lux said. we had agreement there, Lady Crongant, and for what it's worth. I'm sorry I haven't kept you in the loop, Caitlin said. Trust me when I say it was not my choice. I trust you, Lux said. And that word? It was Noxus. Noxus, Caitlyn whispered. Then grimaced and hissed. Madonna. Which means we know where Jinx is going next, Lux said quietly. Impossible, Caitlin said. Noxus has some of the best guarded boulders in the world, and Piltover has hex gates that touch every major port of Kaur in Terra, Lux interrupted. Shit. Shit indeed, Lux said dryly. But how will she know where the Octurals are being kept? Kitwin asked. I don't even know that. Neither do I, but I'm not in the mood to underestimate her, Sheriff, so let's assume that Jinx will find out if she hasn't already. Because otherwise, Lux gestured silently to the ruined street around them, we're no better than Camille. As much as she hated to admit it, Lux was right. As impossible as it seemed, ascribing anything like sanity to Jinx was a failing endeavor. She regularly proved that she was capable of what other people would deem impossible. We need to know where they are, Caitlin, because otherwise Jinx is going to kill them. A note of pleading had entered Lux's voice, and Caitlin swore viciously. But they're in Noxus, Caitlin said. You can't help us there. I can and I will, Lux said firmly. That could trigger a whole other war, Caitlin hissed. Lux smiled faintly. Only if I get caught, and besides, you'll need my help. And this won't be the first time I've broken into Noxus. Shaking her head, Caitlin could only laugh weakly. As terrifying a prospect as it was, she had to admit that the notion that Lux would have her and Vi's backs made the idea far more appealing. Can you get permission to retrieve the Arcturus from Noxus or not? Lux asked. The Council cannot be happy with Camille's results right now, and that's to your favor and to your credit. You're right, and I think so, Caitlin replied. Then do it, Lux said. We have to assume that Jinx is ahead of us, so I need the manifests of all airships that will be leaving for Noxus in the next thirty-six hours. I can get that. Vi dropped down to the street beside them before looking to Caitlyn. You sure about this cupcake? I am, she replied. Cool, me too. Vi turned back to Lux and crossed her arms. What I don't get is why you're sticking your neck out for us. Why bother? This is all trouble and no gain for you. Vi. No, it's okay, Lux said, holding up a hand. And the reason is simple, she said, turning that guileless smile to Vi. I'm helping you because it's the right thing to do. Vi snorted, then shook her head. Fucking Nemasians, she muttered. How are you lot even real? To remain in the light, you must know the dark, Lux said. Yeah, I was a bunch of a church, girl, Vi said dryly. So you really think you can figure out which frigate my sister's going to be hitching a ride on? I do. Jazzy, I'm going with you then. You don't- She's my sister, sunshine. And Kate doesn't need me to catch the council by the shortened curlies. If Jinx is going to be on that boat, then so am I. Kate went stepped between them. Vi's right, and I know you're used to working alone, but please, I would feel better if she were with you. Jinx is not to be trifled with. They met eyes for a long moment, and although Lux's expression didn't change, Caitlin could practically hear her mulling it over. This wasn't a game, though, and she was positive that Lux was aware of that. The time for operating alone was over. Jinx was too dangerous to take on alone. All right, Lux said before turning to Vi. But can you follow my lead on this? Follow my orders? Yeah, that's fair enough, Vi said. Turning back to Caitlyn, Lux reached out and took both of her hands, and that smile was back. We can do this. I trust you'll get permission to retrieve them, and we'll make sure that Jinx doesn't get to them first. Thank you, Caitlyn said. Lux turned to Vi and held out a hand. Promise me you'll put the lives of Seraphine's parents over pursuing Jinx. And if I say take them and run, then you take them and run. Tension settled visibly into Vi's shoulders, and Caitlin put a hand on the small of her wife's back and nodded. Yeah, yeah, okay, you're right. Vi nodded and met Lux's hand with her Atlas gauntlet. Time to go be big damn heroes, huh? Or something, Lux said with a faint laugh as they shook on it. For all the tragedy that was befalling them, Caitlin had to admit that having Lux around made her feel much better about their odds. With her help, Maybe they could actually save some lives. Deep in the bowels of Zaun, a shadow moved among shadows. Night had fallen and taken all of the light with it. But that dimly lit city barely noticed. Light was a luxury that few could afford, and even those that could often found better places to put their coin. Once that constant weight of darkness might have been uncomfortable, but now Lux found it more of a haven than the one she'd been born to. True to her word, Vi had come up with the manifest in a startlingly short amount of time, something about knowing more people on the dock than not. Either way, it put a full folder of papers in Lux's hands, and she was looking forward to putting them to use. Descending further, Lux made her way across dozens of rusted trainways and through crevices to the door of an old, abandoned warehouse. Cracking her knuckles, she smiled. Hip checked the door open, and the moment she did, a series of quiet, rapid clicks echoed through the empty entry as several grenades fell from the ceiling and Lux moved like light over still water. She snapped out a hand and grabbed the first grenade, her fingers finding the grooves and latches that Jinx had taught her to look for by feel alone. While Jinx had been forcing herself to learn to use her arm again, she had drilled Lux in how to take apart her explosives blindfolded. The grenade fell away in pieces, its primer cord pulled as Lux moved between the falling traps. Each grenade fell apart with dull clatters until all six of them were disarmed, just as a faint rattle kicked up from across the room. And duck! Lux grinned as she dropped low beneath the first storm of bullets, then rose up between shots. One, two, three, one, two, three, she counted at a gunfire waltz as she clapped her hands in time before finally reaching the turret itself sticking her hand into the gears and off-button. Click. Pulling back from the turret as it cycled down, Luck smiled as she went to reset the traps, which mostly involved reloading the turret and hanging up the grenades again. Jinx was right, Luck said quietly. That is fun once you get used to it. That part had taken a lot more practice, a lot of rubber bullets, and many bruised ribs. "'but once she'd gotten the timing down, "'there was a certain satisfaction to knowing "'that the only person opening that warehouse door "'would either be one of them or a soon-to-be corpse. "'She walked the long hall and through the rooms "'that had been mostly empty not too long ago, "'but had seen a bit more use "'once they had moved everything feasible down from the spire. "'One of the rooms had been given over as a study for Lux, "'and Jinx had put up several shelves to hold all of her books. "'The adjoining room was a workshop for Jinx to use "'while Lux was in the study,' so they could stay close while both of them worked. Most of their time, however, was spent in the bedroom, with Lux reading in bed and Jinx tinkering away or practicing with her arm. The kitchen, too, had been updated a bit. Lux missed their flat terribly, but it had been a necessary sacrifice. They couldn't stay in Piltover, not anymore. The time for that had passed, and it had taken their peace with it. Soon her masquerade would end, and when it did she would need a place where she could lay low. It would come soon, too, she was certain of it. It wouldn't take long for her report to reach the Radiant about her safe house being bombed. She could fend that off for a while, but not forever, and the longer she dawdled, the more she risked them recalling her for safety reasons, and Lux was not going to be forced into a long-distance relationship with her god-damned wife. The tension bled out of Lux the closer she got to their bedroom— and fled entirely as she pushed it open and caught sight of Jinx sitting at one of the work desks. She was wearing an oversized sweater with the left sleeve tied off, and her mechanical prosthetic was on a nearby counter. Jinx was tinkering wearily with fishbones and muttering softly to it, but stopped when Lux stepped inside, and she smiled as she looked up. Hey, Blindy, how'd it go? Jinx asked. Perfectly, Lux said as she skipped over and leaned in to give Jinx a quick kiss. I brought you a present. She held out the folders. Oh, present. Jinx took the folder and flipped it open. Lux nudged her way into Jinx's lap and settled in, resting her head against Jinx's shoulder. While Jinx moved around her with the ease of practice, flipping open the folder and scanning the different manifests and ships. And all the while, Lux watched her. It was one of her favorite things to do, just watching Jinx. That wide grin, those springberry eyes, and just everything about her. It was all perfect. I love you, Lux murmured softly in gutlough. Love you too, Jinx replied in kind, then pulled out a manifest and held it up. Lux looked over, then sat up and took the sheet from Jinx to eye it critically. It was large, slow-moving, and the flight plan took it directly over the heart of the capital, where Lux was certain the Arcturas would be kept. Jinx had already proven to the Noxians that she could breach one of their fortresses with minimal effort and zero assistance. That meant that if they wanted to draw her in to get their vengeance, the best place to do it would be their home turf, where they held every advantage. Or so they thought. It was definitely a strange choice, though. This is a freight hauler, Lux said. Why hit this one? Yep. Jinx popped her lips on the last letter. Check out the manifest. See what it's hauling? Lux ran further down and scanned the lines. Most of them were just machinery, but there were several lines that had been stamped and then blacked out by redaction. You know what it is? she asked, looking back up at Jinx, who nodded as her rictus grin widened further. Does it explode? Oh, yeah. Perfect. Lux leaned in and caught Jinx's lips again as she laid down the paper. Tomorrow they would put the rest of the plan into motion and things were definitely going to get loud, but until then she had time, and they had a bed, and Lux intended to make use of both of those things. Clearly, Jinx was on the same page as she stood, picking Lux up with her one-armed, carrying her over to the messy bed that they had covered with the sheets, blankets, and pillows from their flat. They had wanted to save as much as possible, after all. Lux pulled Jinx's sweater off as she was set down, and then went to work, shucking off her own leathers with Jinx's help. At the moment she was free of them, she got her arms around Jinx's shoulders, drew herself in, and pressed her nose to the lean, pale column of Jinx's neck. Remind me how much you love me, please, Lux whispered as she nipped at the scarred skin under her lips. Jinx nodded and pushed her down to the mattress, her mouth playing across Lux's shoulders and collar as her hand found its way down past her waist. And Lux gasped. That's my girl, Jinx murmured. And Lux relaxed beneath her. Tomorrow, they would show Piltover, Noxus, and all of Terra what it meant to cross the two of them. But tonight, tonight was theirs. The text of this story is available on AO3. Music by Dot Matrix. If you would like me to record a story, voiceover, a character, get in touch using the contact information available on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as a link to my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.